What does it look like to be obedient children of a loving father in the world? It means not conforming. You know, in, in Romans chapter 12, uh, Romans 12 chapter 2, the whole first part of the book of Romans is all about God's grace all the way up to chapter 12. You've got 11 chapters on God's grace. And then it says, therefore, therefore do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there was this wonderful translation of don't be conformed, and it, and it sounded kind of like this. Don't be pushed down into the mold of the world. You understand what, what think about Plato? Just kind of push down into a mold so it looks like the mold, like the world, and kind of what, what, our, what the world says our passion should be and what, what, what our lives should be. That is being pushed down into the mold. Well, let me tell you something about that mold. That mold may be preferential to you at a certain point in your life. Brad, she's going to be okay? Okay, good. She's going to be fine. But that mold is very restrictive because it's just that. And God doesn't want you to be pushed down into a mold. God wants you to have an openness. God wants you to have the ability to grow, not just to conform to what somebody or what some group of people wants you to be like. God wants you to be able to grow more like God. I love the, uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism's answer to the question, what is sanctification? Uh, sanctification is the $10 word for what we're talking about. It is sanctus. It means holy. Sanctification. It means how we become more like God. What is sanctification? Listen, tune in to me and listen to this answer from the, uh, the Shorter Catechism. Sanctification is the continuing work of God's free grace. So our growth, even in the Westminster Confession, even in that stodgy reformed document, it's all about grace. It's all about the wonder of what God is doing in our lives. Amen. Thank you all so much for, for helping. We're good. Sanctification is a continuing work of God's free grace by which we are renewed in every way after the image of God. We are made to be more and more like God and we are enabled more and more to die to sin and live to righteousness. So what do you have in this definition? You have grace that leads to more. In fact, what you have in that definition is Grace that leads to more and more. That God is at work in our lives. He is, he is helping us more and more. Don't live by the world's, into the world's mold. That's the first thing. The second one is, uh, is that we are to fear God. We are to fear God. Now, there's something that's not very popular to talk about these days. Fearing God. We talk a lot about loving God, and we don't talk a lot about fearing God. And they are related. Actually, you can't properly fear God unless you love God. So what does this mean? Verse 17, and if you call on him as the father, your father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile 
here on earth. Literally, it means this. God is your father and he loves you. Live with reverent fear as he loves you. What does that mean? Here's a word we don't talk about. Some of these Bible words surface some concepts we don't talk about much, right? Awe. A-W-E. Live in awe of this God who loves you. Live in deep reverence for this God who loves you. You know, the kind of the common way that people put it is God is your father, he ain't your buddy. God is our friend, but he ain't our buddy. God brings us into a relationship with him and he completely loves us and he rejoices over us. He is so happy with his children in that he looks at us and he sees what Christ has done. You need to know that. He's happy with you if you've put your trust in him. But he's still God. And he is still to be respected. He is still to be uh, revered. And we read in verse 18, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited by your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but precious blood of Christ like a lamb without blemish or spot. The fear of God is associated with God's sacrifice for us. Fear him. He loves you. Have deep reverence for him. Now, this is not as much of a stretch as we think. Because if we think, and not everybody's earthly father is the same, and I get it. But think of a father that is very loving, that you really respect. That's it. That you revere him, that you respect him, and you know he loves you, and you love him. But just the fact that he is who he is, even in this relationship, kind of changes who you are. And by the way, there, there, there are things that fathers do in setting temperatures and all kinds of things that are very helpful in families. And one of them has to do with the, the reverence, with love, the leadership, with love. The relationship between God and his child, William Hendrickson said, is not one of dread. It's not like the terror of God. It is the fear of God. So we are to not be conformed pushed into the mold of the world, but we are to have this relationship with God that is a, a relationship of all, kind of that sober-mindedness. And then the last thing he says is this, and we just are able to love others. God loves us. We walk with God as God, not our buddy, and God loves us, following, loving other people. You know something interesting about this passage? You notice where it says, you do this, you do that, you don't be conformed. Those aren't singular. What a shock to Americans. <laughs> Those aren't singular. Those are plural. That's like y'all. Y'all don't be conformed. Y'all have reference for God Y'all love one another. Now, we need to take these things to heart very individually. Don't get me wrong. But this is so significant because the Christian life was meant to be lived out together. This is, what does it look like? 
like grace, therefore live it out? Let me tell you something. It looks like church. It looks like community. It looks like together. It looks like serving one another, helping one another. Verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again. He's talking about the the church. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Love one another from a heart that is rooted in Christ. Jesus said this, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. You want to know if this is real? Jesus said, if you love one another, this is how they'll know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. And then in verse 24, it basically says this, and we'll not only love one another, we will reinforce the grace of God in one another's lives. Stop right there, please. God does not save us and say, hey, good luck. We'll see you in heaven. God gives us his Holy Spirit. God is with us. Jesus is our Emmanuel through the Holy Spirit. God gives us um, one another. God gives us his word. And what God is saying is, welcome to the family. You're born again into this hope, and it's going all the way to heaven. I'm going to keep it. It's imperishable. I'm going to bring grace to you all along the way. But what God is saying to you is this, is you're going to have what you need at every point as long as you are with other believers. You know, Satan's big tactic is to isolate us and pick us off one at a time. Because we can't learn alone what we can learn together. Not only does that have to do with different insights of the scripture that we have from different angles. That just has to do with with how we, we encourage one another out of these insights. And so we read this. All flesh is like grass. This is verse 24. All flesh is like grass. And all its glory, like the flower of grass or the flower of the field, the grass withers. We're, we're beautiful grass. That's what we are. Our lives are short. The grass withers. The flowers fall. All the molds that the world shove you into, they're very short term. And you even change, I mean, go ahead and admit it. You change molds several times. None of those even last, right? Not even, even your whole lifetime, right? The grass withers. The flowers fall But the word of the Lord remains forever. And look at verse 25. And this word is the good news, the gospel that was preached to you. So it really does come back to this. God is not saying, hey, I saved you, good luck. And we are very apt to say, it's all up to me now, right? It's all up to me now. And You can know that you're doing the it's all up to me now. When you mess up, you think that it's over. Are you crazy? Like you messed up and you get to call it that it's over? Your relationship with God is over? You get to call that? Or I was really good, now you love me? Really? 
Like your little $5 worth of righteousness is really the difference maker with God? Let me tell you something. God's so serious about our sin that he killed his son as a lamb, a spotless lamb in our place. This is how serious God is about grace, you see. And your $5 worth of righteousness are a joke compared to the precious blood of Jesus that holds us into the adoption, holds us into the relationship our entire lives through the ups and the downs. You'll know if this is on you, if you're really proud of yourself and you think God loves you more just because you, were, you did something sweet. He doesn't love you more. He loves when we do sweet things. And he's pleased, and that's different from he loves me more, or if something happens in your life and you say it's over. You don't have the right to make that call. And let me tell you something. If you put your trust in Christ, it is not over. It is not over until eternity is over. And just in case you hadn't figured this out, it's never over. This is how amazing God's grace is. And so what do we do? We reinforce the word of God with one another. We take that discouraged person and we say, look, you know God still loves you. You see that Christ died for you. You understand that you're in the embrace of God, not because of what you did, but because of what he has done. I know that it seems too good to be true. And it's too good, but it's true. And we can say, no, go, go back to Jesus. Go back to grace. You can tell your father you're sorry, but don't tell him it's over. You can tell your father you're proud of something, but don't tell him that that's the reason he's going to love you. It is all about Jesus. All flesh is like grass, like the flower of the field. We wither and die, but the word of our God stands forever. Always we need to be together. Always we need to love one another Always, we need to reinforce the grace of God with one another. So it all comes back, doesn't it, to grace. Grace that leads to more that is always about reinforcing grace in our lives. It's what the gospel looks like. Our doing does not get us grace. Our grace empowers our doing, our living. And there is a reality of the grace, of the good news, of the gospel in our souls that leads to a growing reality of God becoming more like God in our lives as we do this together. And it turns out, grace that leads to more, it turns out this is the life that we've always wanted. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the fact that our lives are not rooted in our good works. They're not rooted in our sin to, to, to take us away from you. They are rooted, Jesus, in what you have done for us. If you have never willfully received the gift of Christ's completed works for you on the cross, taking your sin away, and in the empty tomb to give you eternal life as the risen Christ, and you see it, 
you pray with him. You want it. You want him. Pray with me. Lord, I see it. And I want to turn from everything I have called religion, everything I have called Christianity, and I want to put my trust, Jesus, in you, in what you've done. I want to receive you, Jesus, the risen Christ, into my life. Thank you that even now you have forgiven my sins based on the work of the cross. Thank you that even now you have given me your Holy Spirit to be within me, that you will always be with me. Even now you've adopted me to be a, 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 your child. Even now there is grace that will be brought to me at the end of days. Lord, I pray that you would help me to stay focused, to, to look to Jesus, who is both the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, there are many that have walked with you and we know that this process of growing more like you is indeed a process. And Lord, as a process that sinners like us are involved in, sometimes uh, we feel better about that process than other times. But whether we feel better about it or worse about it, we need to come to you. And so if you need to be refreshed in the grace of God, would you pray, Lord, I have just wondered where you are. I have wondered whether you love me anymore. But I see now, even from 1 Peter, that you do because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And that this word is the gospel preached among us. I have heard that this morning. And I want to simply turn back to you and to your grace. I want to fully acknowledge yet again that my sins are paid for on the cross. I want to fully acknowledge that you are still my father and I can't get rid of you. I want to fully acknowledge that I want to confess my sins before you and repent and ask you to help turning toward a life that is less in a mold and more free and expansive, loving and therefore joyful. Lord, would you encourage the folks here to know that you are at work in their lives and that you will continue to do that good work until the day of Christ Jesus. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.
Okay. Uh, Dr. Madden said that, uh, that our friend is going to be okay, so we can uh, relax about that. And you know what? It's great to be able to, to, to take care of somebody and, and do what we're all doing here, and it's just fine, right? I mean, isn't that kind of what we do for one another? We just kind of walk with Jesus, and whatever happens, we're just there. So that's a good thing. Let's receive God's benediction. Now grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit rest upon you and dwell within you all both now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy the Lord's day.